This episode of the Rad Broadcast is brought to you by Tech2U. Tech2U strives to deliver superior technical services from professional and friendly staff while maintaining their principles of credibility, accountability, and customer service as they grow. With locations all over Northern California, Southern California, and Las Vegas, Tech2U provides in-shop repair, mobile services for residential and business, and remote service provided online. Tech2U repairs everything ranging from printers, scanners, screen repair, motherboards, keyboards, touchpads. They'll even recycle electronics. Visit www tech2u.com that's tech the number two u.com or call 888-340-8324 that's 888-340-8324 for tech2u the rad the rad broadcast oh my no way. Yeah, there's there, two cone hounds that are coo- neighboring our... Two walker coon hounds? Two walker we have coon two hounds. walker coon hounds We're, neighboring us. They're, so their car's going to come around the corner of this tree. They're going to be in this camp right next, right, right next to us. next to us. Okay, watch. That car, do you see the head poking out? Yeah. Little like, Walter head? Yep. Yeah. When we came back from our walk, they were... Uh, one guy stopped and said, is that a walker coon hound? Oh, we have that on video. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah we that had was the to... one guy that pet Walter on the way back on the 360 camera. Because everybody was stopping them on the way to the lake. So we were like, oh, let's videotape them on the way back. Nobody stops us till we get to camp. Go, go figure. Well, we didn't walk through all the shoppy areas either. We just went straight from the lake right back to the campground. But... Yeah. yeah, that's true. We totally bypassed that. Okay, so let's do the introduction. Let's get going. Oh, okay. Because we're talking now. We are talking now. It's pretty yeah. true. <laughs> We're actually recapping things that happened today. So, start off, leader. And the uh, third voice you hear is Nathan, our friend that so that's joining us camping once again out in South Lake Tahoe. Uh, enjoying the last good weekend of the summer, I think. The actual last weekend outdoors. of summer. Yeah, because this next week is going to be the first of fall. Yeah. So. Let me double check. Yeah. I think it's the 21st. Yeah, pretty soon. It is gorgeous out here right yeah. now. So Nathan, thank you for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. It's always fun hanging out. I think it's only been a couple of months since we've actually met and been hanging out, but simpaticos, kindred spirit, yes, definitely. Absolutely. And uh, just so happens that we both uh, enjoy the outdoors. We both enjoy working in media. Can I say that? Of course. Okay. Yeah. And we both have uh, pups. We which, do, uh, yes, that's right. We're, and it's their first camping trips. Yeah. Walter, the Not Coon just Hound, together, but... And, and Nathan's dog, Penny, is here. And uh, Oh, that's right up, like, Inspector Gadget. Is Penny it really? was, yeah. was the... Oh, wait, was that the kid or was that the, uh, the Penny dog? Penny was the daughter. The oh. daughter? <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah, is we'll, we'll still go with it, Penny. Is that why you named her Penny? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> Also, um, a little bit of money, Penny. Oh, there you go. Shaking old stud, money, Penny. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, uh, yeah, we're just enjoying the last weekend, and um, one of the things that I've been talking about before promoting this particular episode is that you have kind of an interesting story, um, dating back to uh, what what age were you when when everything kind of went down? And it was um, it was when I was ten, actually, and ten uh, years old that you what you basically died, right? Um, I, that wasn't till a little bit later, but oh, we okay. found we found out about the problem when oh. I was ten. We I'm we sorry. had just gone on a uh, a cruise, so we thought you know, hey, it could be some crazy you know Jamaican stomach <laughs> issue or something. They had me Montezuma's go through revenge. every exactly yeah. exactly. Yeah. 
Oh, if only. I wish. I wish it was that. But, uh, you know, they, they ran me through every test you can think of without giving me an actual ultrasound. And they, they found some issues there, and it, it took four surgeries in order to make me normal again. So and wait, then I've had... Before, before you go any further, were you actually in Jamaica when, yeah. when, you, when this yeah. all yes. Like, happened? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So it's totally, It was right when we came back from Jamaica. So it's like, totally reasonable. The week after. Yeah. yeah. Completely reasonable to think, okay, it's something that I ate. It's something that was in the water. It could have been a worm. Yeah. But four surgeries later, where were they... Where were they performing surgery? Uh, they were performing it in my kidneys, and they, they were they were getting rid of some bad stuff in there, and it uh, it's something that's reoccurring. So, I mean that those four surgeries were just to clear the issue, and then after that, I've, I've had a total of forty four surgeries. So oh it's God. it's so it's pretty up there. It's they can only really treat the symptoms, not the actual problem. Right? <laughs> craziest story about that actually <laughs> um there was a medication that i was taking to try and curb mm -hmm. my levels in order to you know make yeah. this issue go away and then the manufacturer started producing it in a different way manufacturing it with different chemicals and it killed off a large percentage of the people that were taking it large enough to be banned by the fda um so have we identified at this point what the problem actually is? Yes, yes, it, it, it is identified. It's a rare genetic transporter defect. That's a lot of medical jargon, but it, it, essentially they've they found out what it is and it's something that can't be stopped, but it's something that can be almost Prevented. diluted oh. right. enough to, and, and I actually got some good news. I haven't even shared it with you guys. Um, the doctors have now found the levels of the medication to where I could potentially for the first time in my life not have this issue anymore and, and this is something I've been dealing with my entire life I mean I Managed had to put off school medications. yeah but, yeah, but medications. to finally narrow in on exactly what the balance is yeah I will be normal for the first time in now 30 years wow so <laughs> amazing. What, what happens like okay so when you figured out there was something wrong with you what initially tipped it off and what made you think what made your your doctors finally go okay this is the problem you know it i i have to credit my mom with that one she was so adamant and she she worked herself almost to death trying to find out what was wrong second guessing doctors um i did have a, a little brother he died when he was seven months old but at that point, like she, it, he was born with a, uh, a heart murmur, heart defects, half of a heart. Like it was just so much. And she was running rampant trying to double check and triple check with doctors and get second opinions. Mm -hmm. And after seven months, I mean, she, she was trying so hard, but she just, you know, kind of had to take a, a stop. Like she, she passed out. Like she, and it was before one surgery, they got messed up. And unfortunately, it was not. It was a surgery that was not needed that ended up killing him. Oh, man. And so I think that it's that previous experience that brought my mom to work as hard as she did. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The we just, just went off <laughs> in the background from the neighborhood. That was super deep anyway. So, yeah, yeah good transition. That break. Yeah, no, that's heartbreaking. That's absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah, so all, all to my mom. That's what I credit it to. Your mom is a fighter. She's, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so what exactly does this, would you consider it an ailment, a disease? What? Uh, it's, it's classified as, as a disorder. Disorder. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it, it, what happens? Like, what, what is the, 
what's the ultimate what you're comfortable sharing yeah exactly because <laughs> i know a little bit about it yeah so i know it's yeah. a little um it's called uh cyst and urea okay it affects less than you know a percentage of the population and essentially super kidney stones form like really? not your normal kidney stones right R regular ones are uh, protein or calcium uh, oxalate based <laughs> and then they're generally i'm not saying all the time but they're generally a, on the smoother side mine are called staghorn cysteine stones so if you can imagine a porcupine rock you know think yeah. of the word staghorn what, what image sound, to that doesn't muster? sound comfortable no yeah that sounds no. It doesn't awful. sound like something you want to cuddle up with or it doesn't no. sound like something you want to pet no no. And it's uh, it's they're something glass like, aren't they? Aren't they basically like a glass like almost, formation yeah. in yeah. your system? They're they're almost like a piece of uh, of gravel. Almost. Yeah. Like that that jaggedness. Mm. But... And you said you had to have forty four surgeries since you were ten. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, and all of these surgeries are basically kidney stone surgeries? Oh no, they are, hundred percent. Most of them are on emergency basis because I can usually pass them, which isn't exactly comfortable, but obviously if they get too big, you know. Oh man, see, I've heard stories, I've heard, I've, I've known a few people that have done it, and they said it is the, like, it's taken people out of work, and I'm sure that's happened for you. Plenty, and, and school, that's why I was and that's uh, why you're far not, behind. And so, I mean, how old are you now? 30. And 44 surgeries. Yeah. In 20 years. Yeah. That's two surgeries a year. What? Well, I didn't start having them until I was... What? I'm sorry I, I just I can't hey. imagine and I hope to God I never have to go through that but <laughs> I, I you know it's I, good to know that you can survive 44 times and and people often say that I mean whenever someone goes through some something traumatic or, or has some type of disorder they ask how how do you deal with that how do you live with that and my only thought it's almost funny what's the option mm. I mean and you can you live with it, or you can really? die. Yeah, and that's that's why every day out of the hospital, every day keeping my foot out of the grave is, is such a fantastic day. That's I think that's what I think that's a big testament to your personality and just the way you live life day to day. And that's kind of what draws. It's fucking infectious. It draws. I think that's what <laughs> draws. Seriously, I'm like and I to you is that absolutely. You know, I think that we're full. It's hard to find people with that zest for life, and especially your age too. Like, so no, many, no, you're I making mean, it like, sound like your no, no, no. grandma. I mean, like, ah, your age. Generation. Yeah. Like, the common thread is like we Very joke about wanting to die, but it's not really a joke <laughs> yeah. anymore. It's like <laughs> it's like somebody says something like, "Just hit me with a car." I'm like, man, I feel that on a deep level. Like <laughs> I get like life is hard and the struggle is. is real. And man, you have such a humbleness about everything and you really do you like you have a, such a zest for life it's like i don't know if i can keep up with you sometimes, <laughs> sometimes <yeah. laughs> and so you mentioned something there that you've had 44 surgeries but you said that you could pass them most of the time yeah no so, uh in, in reality i've had hundreds of thousands of kidney stones i i can perform or perform hey it's an act in my kidneys uh, <laughs> i <laughs> i could create over a hundred in a week is is where my levels were. Oh my god! So and when you're just going, sometimes it's just like normal. It's it's, it's the scariest just, thing. Like usually, I'll feel them pass through my ureter and then through my you know, yeah urethra. Right. Um, and uh, other times, 
I can't, which is very shocking sometimes. So you'll just see It'll them? be embarrassing. No, I'll, uh, I will feel them. You feel them when they pass out the very But you don't have a warning. Sometimes you have like a warning. Like, sometimes. But yeah. sometimes I freak out the person next to me in the stall. Oh, God. I'll be going, right? Oh, no! Why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it scares no, a couple of people. Damn it, that's funny. <laughs> it's, it's that much of a reaction every time? It, oh. it, it is. It is. Okay, I mean, picture I'm not a piece putting... of glass going through your penis. Yes, I know. You kind of have a, a reaction. I mean, Jesus. I can't. I, and, I mean, but I've that's had... normal passing. Like that's normal. Yeah, that's that's normal. That's, that's normal. Yeah. And My, so I've had to let to go... everyone at work know that's normal. Don't be concerned. So when if you hear me blood curdling in the bathroom, just <laughs> don't wow. worry about it. But again, I mean, what's what's the alternative? I mean, I, yeah. how, how do you deal with this? You you live. Yeah. You, you go out, you do as much as you can, and you live as much as you can. Even if, you know, it, it might be a limited lifespan, you got to make an impact, even even with yourself. Even if it's not in, in the entire world, you went out and you had the most fun you possibly could. And what's cool is they your doctors are saying that there's a, a good mixture now, yeah. whatever the medication may be, to balance out. Your, whatever your levels are so that you can live a normal life which I don't even know if I've come to grips with that I've, I've led most of my life knowing like I, I don't know if I told you guys but when I was uh, 14 one of the doctors made a prognosis that I wouldn't make it past 20 so yeah, we talked about every this. Day. I got so angry about that. I yeah. feel like that was such an irresponsible thing on the doctor's part. Like you can't, you can't <laughs> you predict can't how long somebody's. And, and a teenager, like, oh my god! <laughs> Why would a doctor? I was saying something. You remember how mad I was? <laughs> yeah. Wait. So, just because he didn't know enough about the disease or the disorder. He wouldn't. It was like he was giving up on himself yeah, in that sense. He like he was, was like, I up. have no idea I, at this rate. It wasn't. I mean, uh, I'm gonna reason as a doctor, okay? Just because I've seen a doctor follow a case, you know. In yeah, granted, it was veterinary medicine, but that's even worse because when they can't tell you what's going on, it's like you get to this point where you just go, I don't know what's going on, and at this rate, if I can't stop it. This is the life expectancy I can give you, which is sounds like a reasonable answer, but you don't say it to a 14-year-old. Oh, okay, no. You don't tell a 14-year-old you have six years to live. No. You don't no. do that. Did they? Did he even consult your mom? That. Oh, he 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 was did. Was your mom even right there? With me. <laughs> so did, we so were getting the information at the same time. She was mortified. And this is another credit I have to give my mom. She didn't stop with that doctor. She's like you and that, right? that's it and that's she went it. on she really? found the best surgeon for this disorder in the country well, based out of germany dude, you, and that's you why you've lived your, past 20 you have ah. to be your own advocate because the doctor instead of the doctor going i need to find a specialist or i need to call somebody or i need to reach out of my network and my comfort zone maybe find a little bit of humility and go wow this is something i don't know i sh i wonder if there is somebody that does but the arrogance level of some doctors get, oh, God, yeah. I want to smack them. I want to fucking smack them. And that's that's the unfortunate part in, in this current political yeah. climate. Yeah. A lot of times people can't do it. And, and coming up, it will be even more restricted if the Republicans are able to pass some of the bills that they want. I, I mean, I don't want to get into, into no, politics I, too much, right. but I mean, it, if this is if this is an example Everything. story for anyone suffering through something similar, be like, like you said, Haley. You be have your own to be advocate. your own advocate because, and and that's that's the fight I'm dealing with right now is because I'm having 
what we think is a liver issue and all signs point to that but they don't want to budge like they, I, I'm in it and I don't know what else to do like I'm not looking for prescriptions I don't want drugs I just I don't want to be in pain anymore and it's kind of it's becoming it's that at that level where it's affecting like my daily life and I'm right now I think I'm on a good I'm kind of in a good spot but I remember two years ago when I had my gallbladder taken out when this started, when I started to finally get some answers, which, so it's been, what, three and a half years now that I've kind of been dealing with this? No comparison to what you've gone through by any means. Well, everybody's got their struggles. Yeah, right. exactly. Everyone has their own cross to bear, or cross to burden. But yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm at the, at a point where I have to fight for it. I have oh, the coon hounds are here. <laughs> coon hounds no, no, here. Hold on. We'll, we'll pause, pause for a second. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, there's three of them. So, clearly, being an advocate for yourself is a good thing because it, it gets you the results you need. Sometimes, um, so, most of the time. Sometimes it's bad to rely on just one doctor because they'll just say, yeah, you're not going to make it past 20. But clearly, you're here today now with um, proof that you can do better when you seek more advice and seek better health care. Yeah. Um, and when it comes to that, I mean, that's I, I guess that's true in all aspects of life, too. I mean, you, you need to be on your own team. And when you think, hey, I'm going to apply for this job, but I'm not good enough for it. There's no way I'm going to get it. Or I'm not even going to apply for it because it's out of my league. I mean, that's you, you need to keep that drive for yourself in medical, in, in life in okay. general. So I don't want to be all weird. But I'm gonna be weird. It's a little mumbo jumbo Because I'm not like into numerology, but I saw this this post, and somebody was. It was like a teacher was trying to inspire their class, and they wrote out. So if one through twenty six is the alphabet, right? Number one being A, and number twenty six being Z. They wrote out all the things that you would expect somebody to uh, put towards school dedication, or I don't remember exactly the words, but I will tell you this. They're only one of the words used to inspire that actually got shit done that equaled a hundred percent or a hundred was attitude. It's all mm. about attitude. Your attitude, not your aptitude, that determines your altitude. There you go. Well, that pretty much sums it up. I was just saying, you know, it's whatever you put out there is what you're gonna get. <laughs> it sound as good. It's that whole altitude thing. <laughs> so, uh, you know, medication is is a big part of why you have made it as long as you have now. Um, it is true, and a, a lot of people um, are are very against pharmaceuticals nowadays. Which I, I mean, for good reason. The phar pharmaceutical industry is kind of nuts when it comes to pushing the the, the usage on oh, doctors yeah. and look it's, at the opiate look exactly. at the opiate problem we have and, and it's gotten a lot better oh but it's still opiate there problem there are clinics it, so we have the whole weed clinic thing in mm -hmm. california where you go get your license and you go get your, and it's legal whatever yeah they're crackpot i mean i've seen been seen by a crackpot i've been seen by a doctor <laughs> <laughs> at one of these like 
get your medical marijuana license places that at first seemed pretty legit. Does he look like Doc Brown from Back to the Future? Please tell me. She. <gasps> Did she look was like Doc Brown? The whole time. <laughs> yes, Green Party, Bears. right there. Studied in South Africa. I was like, okay. I mean, wow. cool. This wow. is interesting. Damn, I, maybe and then, legit. But my, she was the if first time I was. South Africa. You can make she it was anywhere. the first time I was really <laughs> suspicious because I, it, you know, your first time going in, you think it's legit, whatever. Anyway, it probably. And then every consecutive year I would go back, it was a different doctor. And then eventually it just became Skype doctors. <laughs> <laughs> Which was hilarious because yeah, we went in one time together to get our like, license. Why did we go in? <clears throat> we went in to talk to this guy on Skype in, a, in a, this dumpy office. It was so seedy. Like Which is put, the same office I was done, that I saw the barefoot South African so, doctor. It was so seedy. It was. And when was he terrible. got us on there, he was like, okay, so why do you want your card? And we're like, oh yeah, you know. I can't sleep. I need appetite. Uh, you know all the standard. I need things. appetite <laughs> now. <laughs> all the standard, you know, glaucoma, stress, anxiety, all the all the usual. My twitching, my care. period is just yeah, awful. My period was awful at the time, and it was only. Hey, that's I could not use funny. <laughs> that's not funny coming from somebody that actually suffers from something called period flu. By the way. <laughs> oh my god, that's a thing. I had yeah, I had basically is that a when flu you puke last. Blood? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> no, I was down. Went to. I, I was down with basically what felt like a cold or flu last week, and the sooner and the closer I got to my period, when the day my period started, it was like I was never sick. Mm. So well, fuck men, off with that. You guys don't get to make so fun of periods. When we men have in, men periods. No, it's yeah, called them periods. periods. <laughs> he I was take, on his last week too. I gotta take guide all. <laughs> <laughs> So we guide all in a slim gym, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I, I, haven't, I haven't finished. I, I, I haven't forgotten where we where we were with the medication. But to finish the story about the Skype doctor, <laughs> we got into the office to get our medical marijuana license, and we were given our typical ailments, you know, yeah. and saying, "Okay, this is why we need it." Haley was getting a uh, mine was just a renewal. They were a renewal. like, "Mine was new," so we were like doing it together, blah 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 blah. And he got through his. Okay, well, you know, this this is what marijuana can do for you and how it can help you. We were and like, yeah, we by know. By the way, inspirational poster, what marijuana can do for you. By the way, here's my book. Which that you can, I wrote specifically <laughs> on women and, about periods and, and headaches and migraines. And refer to it at any time by going to Amazon and buying it. Oh my God. So he was, yeah. <laughs> he was getting you in the yeah, and out. He was talking yeah. his book. But no, Florida has clinics that are that for oxy, uh, Oxycontin. They're Oxycontin clinics. Come on! Yeah. Well, they, they the dude that burned down the Galleria Mall in Roseville was on Oxycontin. Well, they have methadone clinics everywhere because the that government... That sounded like a really ignorant statement. Hold up. I'm not saying that the medication made him do it. Like, he was going through some stress in his life. But, you know, disclaimer. I'm just saying it's been known to cause some pretty fucked up side effects. No. Psychosis. I actually had a opioid addiction because of all the surgeries I had. They just kept on dispensing them out. Right. And that's not yeah. your choice. Mm -mm. That wasn't your choice. You didn't seek it out. No. Your body adjusted to it because they made you take it. And I had to take five or six a day to feel normal. That's Jesus. awful. Not even like pain really, just to feel like a person. I won't take them. I won't take them. I had my gallbladder surgery. I had my tubal ligation. Any procedure I've had done for anything. I've refused my opioids and I take over the counter Motrin and naproxen. That's all I can handle. 
Well, yeah, I smoke too, but <laughs> But still, that's, that's all I can handle. That's what helped me kick the opioid addiction. Yeah. 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 It has been, I, I, I'm going to say, other than in extreme cases, it's been about two years since I've actually taken them, you mm-hmm. know, regular basis. That's yeah. good. That's awesome. And I bet you feel better. Oh, man. There's so feel many, like a person again. Yeah. There's so many Imagine benefits that. to marijuana that are mm. so f- hard to argue that, you know, it's it's just like alcohol as far as being responsible with it, but it, there's far less side effects to it than alcohol. And be there. it THC or even CBD, where you still get a lot of the medicinal benefits without any the of the high. psychotropic effects, yeah. 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 Which is awesome. Exactly. There's just, there's no refuting it anymore. And, and it's just a matter of time before it's just going to be... You're still gonna have to get it from your dude that you know in order to get the good stuff because the government's just gonna swoop in and take over. I don't know, some of these dispensers are pretty neat. I've I've taken tours and they they're on point. I yeah. mean they really? yeah. I mean yeah, they're cool. I also don't it's you know the way I see this is just gonna be like there's gonna be big business, there's gonna be big pharma kind of big and marijuana. And then there's gonna be little mom and pop pharmacies that's and that's i'm totally cool supporting the the small business ironically enough your doctor being one of the barefoot ones best grower in the state right i have no idea i haven't seen her since (laughs) (laughs) feds picked her up oh god so with uh with the medications when Hmm. you first started getting uh treated for your disability um, they were still trying to figure things out. Like, it wasn't really uh, an exact science. No. It's still really not an exact science, even though they're getting closer to making yeah. it so you're able to live a normal life. Oh, it's because it affects so small a right. percentage. So it doesn't get as much funding, it doesn't get as much attention, and it's not as important as, say, like cancer. Or, or it's you know. not to, made to be as important. Which is it's unfortunate, unfortunate because every life is just as valuable as, you know, as the other. Um, but I that, personally value your life aw, more thanks. than the average Joe. <laughs> Mine? <laughs> Both of yours, aw, but yeah. Well, yeah. No, I think that anybody, especially those in the healthcare profession, medicine, you know, the, the pharmaceutical companies, all of them should have humanity's best interest, but it's not always the case. And at this, it, but in your case, it was just the science wasn't there yet. It just wasn't, they didn't have it figured out and ultimately something happened that triggered a major life event of yours yeah um that if you don't mind sharing yeah it was um it was ironically enough christmas morning and and of course you know the the medication um the manufacturers decided to manufacture a different way to save money using different chemicals and it caused a large percentage of us to go into anaphylactic shock me myself included um and it actually killed off I, I want to say it was seven to eight percent of the people that were taking this medication. So, did you have any previous? Um, sorry, I'm gonna get all medical. Did you have any previous allergies to medication? Like, would you have not, ever not to have, this one, no. have assumed you were gonna nope. go into anaphylactic shock? Ever? Not, not one. So, like, this was not on your radar at yeah. at all. Yeah. Okay. And, and and you've been taking this same medication for, for a while, right? yeah, for for years, yeah. Yes. Um, and they were they were figuring out the dosage with that too, and it was difficult because you know teenage angst and sure. being told, "Hey, you're gonna die anyway, <laughs> so why why bother?" Um, but Ugh. it ended up being Christmas morning, and something didn't feel right. I mean, I I started feeling 
fat for for lack of a better term because I was starting to swell up with yeah, the anaphylactic shock. Just, my right. my hands by the end of it were were double the size that they normally are. My throat was starting to close up and it's been so uncomfortable, so excruciating. It we had no idea what was going on. Yeah. I, my parents really you know, we didn't even look at anaphylactic well, if you, shock. Well, if you don't know, yeah. you like if, if your doctor or if you've never had any idea that you're going to have an anaphylactic reaction and you don't know what to look for. Yeah. You and know. so my, my father had to rush down to Walgreens, you know, Christmas morning, oh. grab a big ass um, a bottle of Benadryl and I chugged it down. I spent all of Christmas being like, I, it's, it's stereo. Just out of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. Man. Thanks, guys. Wow. Yeah, it was... It was, it was pretty rough. I, I and and there have been so many experiences like that when it comes to all the surgeries that I've had because not all of them you you forget. I mean they they pump you full of that drug to help you forget it. It's it's part of the anesthesia, but it doesn't always black out all of the memory. Right. You you still remember that pain and you remember almost dying. I I have died on the operating table before, and that's actually one of the reasons why this medallion. Was, was given to me by my anesthesiologist because I died on the table for like two two or three minutes. Wow. Yeah. Do you have any recollection of it other than maybe the pain that you felt before? Oh yeah, no, it's it was just just excruciating pain. No no uh, you know afterlife experiences no. or anything like that. That's so, really cool that your anesthesiologist gave you that coin. I mean, it's kind of like if. If you think about I mean, it, you say it out loud, it's like, it's almost like a barber giving a lollipop at the end of the thing. But that's not the case at all whatsoever. <laughs> that's really funny. But like, does, he, does the anesthesiologist have like a pocket full of them? No, 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 he 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 would come by and visit me afterwards. I, I've had really so many cool. surgeries in the same place that yeah. they kind of know me yeah. <laughs> the hospital. That hey, Brian, yeah. it's a Cheers episode pretty yeah. much. Sometimes yeah. you want to go where everyone knows your name, but I don't ever want to go back. Oh. Right. They all know me. And, and the, uh, the, the coin is in Latin, Mortem Rex Pax Domine, the Dead King's Peace. So I'm curious about one thing. Were you... Were you having a procedure done when you died? Oh, so, yes. Okay, so you went under so the knife. So it wasn't because of the it anaphylactic shock. It wasn't no, because no, that of was something separate. that caused yeah. it. I mean, granted, I probably almost died for the anaphylactic shock as well. Like, it was it was horrifying yeah. going through that it's and almost not... choking. Because I had to gasp for air. Just <sighs> like that. Just, just short breath. That gave yeah. me an anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was horrifying. But, uh, so, you know, that's what, what makes life so great is is knowing that you are this close to just not having it at all anymore so why not live every day like oh god so stereotypical but like it's your last why right. why not enjoy yourself right yeah. obviously right. don't do anything illegal kids but well no, yeah. nothing you can <laughs> <nothing> you get <laughs> caught for <laughs> sometimes it's hard for for people and i think i speak for a lot of people when i'm in my own experience that it's hard to it's hard to look at life like that sometimes because maybe we haven't gone through that particular set of circumstances that makes us value life a little bit more. Um, I mean, we've all gone through our stuff, but it really does make you look back and think, man, I've been through some stuff. <laughs> I've like, not just, not I've seen just, some stuff and some junk. Wouldn't some, recommend it. Right. Not just health, not just, um, near death experiences, but just things in general that, and I should have not survived that or 
I've overcome this set of things. Like my, my history is filled with stuff that I think back and I'm like, man, I could have killed somebody or I could have killed myself or I should be, I shouldn't be a free man. You know, like there's certain things that I did that I didn't commit murder, but everything that I did, <laughs> I've paid, like I've paid, I've served, I've owned you up to the consequences. Time. I've owned up to the consequences of everything that I've done in my past. And sometimes it's hard to look past those things and, and see positive. But I think if you sit and dwell about the past and you, st- if like if, in your case, if you go, well, that doctor fucked me up, man. I, I was supposed to be dead at 20. And I'm, I'm alive still, but I'm still going to hold it against him. Like, I'm going to hold this Not grudge. Not point. If you, if you hold on to this toxicity, if you hold on to these things that we go through in the past, there's no way of going forward. It's, it's not fair to bleed on the person who didn't cut you. Yeah. Wow. Damn. Absolutely. Mic drop. That's deep. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, lately I've had this kind of realization where... I'm not afraid of death. I've never feared death. Shit, I welcome it. There's days where I'm like, you know what? Right. I'm good. Yeah, I'm, I keep going. This is. It's been good. I've done a lot. Of, I'm hurting. I'm. You know. But anyway, I feel like. But at the end of the day, that's not the case. And this may just be for me. I think what I need to express to everyone is when you die, you need to be you. I, like the only thing that should be in your heart is love. I don't know, and and I mean love in like the most pure form, not lust, not attraction, not obsession, but love, loving something, anything, anyone. Even if it is yourself. Even if it's yourself. You need to to love yourself. You do need to love yourself, and not for um, at least three or four times a week. Reasons, yeah. (laughs) Damn it. It's good for sleep. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> you good. I'm just I just think that if you if you die with a lot of fear in your heart or if you die with hate or angst, you're not learning anything at all. And I think that like every day I can seek love or find love in in something which is as simple as finding the positive in everything. I feel like every day I get closer to truly enjoying life the way it should be enjoyed and i don't i don't know why i don't know when this set in but honestly it's been probably in the last month where i it just like something in my brain was like no matter what happens when you die make sure you die with your heart full of love however you die and that goes back to being your own advocate i mean you know but we we gave the examples of of work and and uh on on your own medical but at the same time you need to realize that life is fleeting and if you, you if yeah. you don't just sit back and just enjoy it Dude, what are you doing it's going. Yeah. yeah like slow your roll enjoy the wild live in the love, present live in, we, you cannot not live in the present without killing yourself in some manner depressed it, people live in the past anxious people live in the future mm. what are you, what yeah. happens when you do both I mean, I drive myself if crazy. You give yourself heart attacks. <laughs> and I'm, I've done, I'm guilty of that. I, I do that all the time. I am terrified of that. I, there was, I think there was a letter this week. Somebody had mentioned that their husband or fiance had died of a widowmaker heart heart attack. Like, no, that's my biggest fear ever that I'm going to lose you to something like that. And, and I think it all starts with just accepting everything. Happiness, true happiness is 
experiencing reality without expectation. Yeah. Accepting everything for what it is. And accepting how awesome someone's abilities may be, right. however much they fashion themselves. Yeah. Monsieur Brando. Yeah. yeah. It's hard. It's hard when you uh, when you live too far into the future and you think, okay, well, this is gonna, this has to play out this way because if it doesn't, then why am I doing what I'm doing now? Like it's this constant battle. Back but and think forth. back to five years ago. What I, were we doing five years ago? Each and every one of us, we were in in entirely different situations. You got to live for now, man. I was in a assisted care facility for the mentally inept, driving myself crazy. See? And I wanted more for myself, built it up, and it accepted that, yeah, I have a certain set of skills. You know, that's a good point. I will find you. That's a good point. Five (laughs) five years ago, like five plus years ago, I I was just coming out of my second DUI, and I thought, what am I doing here? Just five years ago, I was packing anything I could fit into the back of my car and leaving behind a house I had bought for a better life and moving back in with my mom at the age of, how old was I, 28, 29? Having to rehome a dog because I was too poor to take care of even myself, let alone a dog, was the hardest decision of my life. Things have been pretty good in the last five years. And since here then. we are, chilling in Tahoe. Somehow found all—all all three of us have found each other. Recording the forty-fourth episode of the podcast that I never thought I would ever do. Forty-fourth, woo! <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, yep. It's crazy. Crazy time to be alive. It's so a beautiful time to be alive. Just like you have to put every—you have to. Put one foot in front of the other just to get through a day. You have to just put one day in front of each other. Just live day that day time, for what it is. Enjoy Commit what you got. to your plans. Because, you know, the other thing is we sit around and we're like, man, I want to do cool stuff. I want to go somewhere. I want to do something. And nobody ever does it. Mm-hmm. You have to do it. Yeah. Get up and fucking do it. People too, put too many expectations and that's when disappointment happens. They miss out on the opportunities that happen right in the moment. So I must repeat myself. True happiness is living life. Is, is ex- what did I say? <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Say it again. Drop it. Drop it. True happiness Drop is experiencing that life without expectation. Yeah. Yeah. Bravissimo. <laughs> On that. Well, thank you, Nathan, for sharing your story. It's it's been cool revisiting and learning some new things about you um, and no, re- really cool reaffirming sharing. why we we pick good people to, to be around us and have us be guests on this podcast Man, that's the other big thing too not only the self-advocacy but you have to surround yourself by positive people i think yeah. that's that's why we we bond so well because we're all so positive i should i should we should tell the story about how we met which was at, at uh, a reno event yeah yeah it was it was and it it was you know, Probably out in by the crowd. Uh, he walked by us, and I was like, "Whoa!" I was like, "Hey, Brandon, did you see that guy?" I don't know. There's something about him. And somehow we made this connection. I walked out. I was really drunk, and I walked over to your table. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, like, what's up? How like, are you doing? What's going on?" <laughs> <laughs> and then it was karaoke, and the rest oh, is history. Oh, oh yeah, no, oh, yeah. Then we spent the rest of the evening. I mean, we. It was like. 
it was so weird how much we had in common and as far as our interests and nerd status like yeah. you're proud of it though this is the oh, difference between nerd and proud and i'm still embarrassed by she's it a, <laughs> she's a closet nerd. i'm a closet <laughs> nerd that's getting away with it right now and i'd like to keep it that way sir. it's okay if you if you open up and come out of the closet you you nerd i do though i do it's so funny it's if somebody has to say it first what, is it a supply closet that you come out of <laughs> as a nerd hey you know what it's bigger on the inside all right so chill it's all wibbly wobbly timey whiny <laughs> Y'all need to know he is wearing a Doctor Who sweatshirt, which is one of the reasons that we bonded. So, yeah. <laughs> now, if you say it first, I will totally cop to it. <laughs> no. So, now that we've got you here, I figured we'd sucker you into helping us answer some yeah. Dr. Prod letters that I've been stashing up since I've been so busy lately. And uh, now that we're kind of taking some time away, enjoying some camping, I figured we'd catch up on some Dr. Prod it's letters. only three letters. It's okay. It's all right. It's all right. They're still important. No, they're these, very important. These are people we need to help. But this I don't, quality, I don't, not quantity, you, you made people. it sound like we had like 10 or 15 letters that we like had to get through or something. Three letters is a stash and they're heavy. They're heavy letters. <laughs> they are, they are very heavy. Off the, ta- off the table. <laughs> they're heavier than normal. There's they're not lighter than air. on them. There's more ink on them. There's <laughs> more emotion. There's more love. No, these there's there's a, there's definitely a very heavy letter in here. Yes. So, so Brandon did not just call you dense letter writers. Yeah, you're not no. fat, as far as I can tell. <laughs> Your gravitational pull to the earth is not any more or any less than anyone else's. <laughs> Okay, so, so how do you there are do three this? of us, and there are three emails. So do you want to take so, turns reading emails? Yeah, so I'll go first, because okay. I'm right here. Um, I'll take the second one. Brandon's going to take the, the the heavy weight of it, and uh, Nathan's going to take the last <gasps> one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, hold on, I'm going to make sure. Please do not use my name. All right, don't okay. use your name. Um... I don't really. This is the email. I'll start that. I'm reading the email now, people. She's reading the email. I'm reading. Hey, the email. she's reading the email. Email in three, two, one. Okay. Go. I don't really know what I'm looking for here. I'm polyamorous, and have for the past few years lived with my boyfriend and girlfriend in a triad. Uh, we have been committed, with the option to have other partners if desired. There was even talk of two of us getting married and two of us having kids. Due to financial stress, things have been strained between me and my boyfriend. Wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. What? Two of us have been given permission to marry, and two of us have been permission. Hold on, there wasn't permission. It was there was talk of okay. two of us getting married and two of us having kids. So the that could have been two? her and the boyfriend, or the girlfriend and the boyfriend getting married, or vice versa with kids. Now the I've read the email, and I think that when we get to the bottom, we're gonna find out. Basically, I'm gonna assume that her and boyfriend were originating partners okay so they'd be the ones that would be that i can only assume i can only but you know what in a triad in a polyamorous amorous relationship it doesn't usually work like that and the danger is the yakuza (laughs) sorry especially okay so we're gonna go back Uh, due to financial stress things have been strained between me and my boyfriend of late i've tried everything i can to uh i can think of to be supportive taking on the cooking, cleaning, being the one to reach out to him, dressing how he likes, initiating sex most of the time. And I recently found out that he has been cheating on me for the last, uh, for at least a month. Wait, with a f- cheating? Cheating. Now, 
hell? Yeah, hold on, we'll get there. Now, now, first off, though, you brought up an important point. It, she, it sounds like she, she doesn't work. Boyfriend. It sounds like she is relying on his income, which is potentially important for the rest of the, oh, the letter, right? Okay. All it right. might be, but I wouldn't assume that. Okay. I wouldn't okay. assume that because of what I've read. Okay. okay. All, right. All right. So she's been taking on the cooking and cleaning, being the one to reach out to him, dressing how he likes, initiating sex most of the time. So there's okay. So that, that could be potential. She's doing a lot of. Work. She's doing yeah. a lot of. She's doing the heavy lifting in that part of the relationship right now. Um, and she does say my boyfriend, not our boyfriend, which leads me to believe again that mm, it's possessive. the originating partnership. Interesting. Okay. Also, why I think this is because of what he's doing. Um, so, and I recently found out that he has been cheating on me for at least a month with a former friend of mine that both me and our girlfriend both explicitly told me, him we're not comfortable. We were not comfortable with him being with. So they don't want this particular person. There's always reasons for that. Manipulation. Um, manipulation, bad history, <laughs> bad, bad history, bad history yeah. um, trust, everything. There's, Disease. there's anything. Nope, yeah, there could yeah. be a reason. Maybe they have a kid and they don't want that. Maybe there's, maybe she likes to get between. Maybe she's an attention. The, the thing. Maybe she's a drama queen. Maybe she's, maybe she creates drama yeah. between everybody. Like it's, if it doesn't fit with the group, it doesn't fit. Right. The thing about this type of relationship would have to be the ground rules and the communication, which is the, the most important thing when you're opening up yeah. multiple relationships because you all have to be on the same all page. Have to and if it's two at the same if, if two uh, are against one, then somebody's not going to buy the and rules. E- even if it's one against one, in this type of relationship, you yeah. need to have, like you said, 100% trust. If your partner doesn't want you doing something, you don't do it. Right. Yeah, but there's also power struggles. Power struggles are totally natural, and they do need to happen in a relationship, to be honest. but They really do. But yeah. sleeping with someone no, else when you not, have the explicit this is not, Yeah, then this is a power struggle on a different level. So here's the thing. It gets a little more interesting. All right. All right. So we were not okay with that relationship, but he decided that he was going to do it anyways, being secretive and withdrawing attention from us. So while, yes, they're in a polyamorous relationship, this is definitive cheating yeah period yeah. all right so doing our girl, it without telling and behind your back dis- dis- dismissive behavior and after the explicit, explicit request after not after being to. told not to that's yeah. cheating okay so our girlfriend is willing to forgive him though i suspect that it's been it's because she feels stuck in a relationship with him because they are both older than me aside from the expected hurt and betrayal and anger i'm also stuck here we just renewed our lease which he said he wanted to do even while he was cheating. I'm going to the local community college right now and do not work enough to support myself. You nailed that. I could have gotten federal loans for student housing, but I already rejected them since I thought I'd be okay where I live now. I don't go to university until next year when the lease is up and I feel trapped. My girlfriend tries to comfort me, but I can't stand being in the same space as my ex-friend. I appreciate any advice, thoughts, especially on how to deal with this long term. Mm. Okay. She so, said something important there at yeah. the very end. My ex-friend, so which it, is she talking about the boyfriend? Sounds, no, like, sounds like the, they, the boyfriend is bringing the chick around. Oh, no. Which I really That's hope right. isn't the case. Oh, no. And it sounds like there's definitely some history with this person. Like, I have an ex-friend that... If my ex-husband was dealing with, like, first of all, I wouldn't necessarily care, but there would be this level of, like, 
there is a disgust there Ew. that is not okay you know so i don't know what happened with this ex-friend who i can only assume is the girl he's cheating on them yes. with this this sounds a first reaction this sounds like a toxic relationship it does and this with sounds him, right? with him yeah it sounds like there's potential for her and her girlfriend to you know work things out but the guy violated trust. Once you violate trust, it is so hard to gain, it's so easy to lose. And it sounds like this guy doesn't even care. I don't it, think he does. It sounds like the letter writer needs to distance themselves. And it, it like she said, I mean, working part-time, not being able to afford a place, that is super difficult. But she can't, she can't reapply for loans again until the beginning of the next semester, which I believe is going to be December, January. So I think in November is when you could be able to reapply for that, if I'm not mistaken. But then that means breaking a lease. Yeah, yeah. Especially if her name's on it. But right. her, her income would have been a part of that usually yeah. when it comes to applying for places. So I'm not, I'm not really sure how that works out. But I mean, I let, let a writer, if, if there's could... any friends that they have, any family that they might be able to stay with, it's worth looking into, at least, because this sounds I think she's So I think what I'm also hearing is, um, I'm hearing that she's struggling to want to forgive him, but she can't, and I think that's because she stops and goes, well... Okay, but we're in a polyamorous relationship. So this should be okay. This should be okay, but for whatever reason, it's not okay, and which I don't think she... I think I want to know why it's not okay. And I think that's the most important piece of this missing. And that reason right there is enough for her to just leave. She just needs to get out of that situation. You know, I know, but it's so much easier said than done. I mean, obviously, mm. it sounds like it would but be it, easier for her, but... But that's her solution. That's that's what's going to make her I know, I know. get where she needs to be. And she I think has she's so many more important like things going for. She's going to break. She I feel like she's going to hurt more than just one person in this process. Because yeah, if the girlfriend, so. if her girlfriend is willing to forgive, then she's basically outnumbered in this. I've got the feeling I've got the feeling that the girlfriend is going to be on the same page because they're both feeling the same thing. They both well, explicitly said, "No, she says our person. girlfriend is willing to forgive him." Mm, yeah, it does. <laughs> Were you listening? Yeah, I was. But even with that, even it is is that reason enough to stay? Is that though? Because is and I think that's what she's that's that what she's asking. That's yeah. literally this whole no, email boils no, down to I, is I'm, this? I'm gonna stick with my. So you say no. No, I say get out of there. I I say she has the way that she's written this. She's already made her decision. Yeah. She's she already. She's just she looking for out. clarification. Yeah. And 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 looking for people who understand. Which hey. We're that people. If there's no one else in your life, right. the way that you've written this letter, you've already answered your own question. You need to find a way out of this. So, now, it may be difficult, and friends, it may even family. be, hey, I'm going to sleep on the couch and not talk to you until the end of the lease, yeah. which may be abrasive, but it might be something you have to do if you don't have any friends or family that you might be able to stay with. But this is one of the defining moments in your life where you can choose your own future do you want to be with someone who violated your trust your request even though this is a different type so of relationship i want to i want to i i'm going to get a little personal here because i have very close family that is polyamorous and is kind of going through something very similar in a sense but what it boils down to is this is who she is this is how 
their relationship started was it it was always polyamorous and if that's what you want in your life you will find it and it sounds like you're young it i mean it sounds like you're i'm i'm only assuming it was community college community going to community college going to university next year i can only assume and you said they were older than you and that you know maybe it might be easier for you and so maybe there's this little bit of a survivor's guilt going on i think this polygamous relationship might have been a little over your head maybe letter writer and i think that what's happening here is you're coming to that crossroad whereas what nathan was saying is you now have the ability to either choose your own path of happiness mm-hmm. or choose to stick around and see what happens and from what the way it sounds is if you stick around and see what happens you're you're only going to met with more trouble more untrustworthy uh more untrustworthy companionship in in your boyfriend and it sounds like the girlfriend is just going to be like you know whatever happens happens because she's willing to forgive him for whatever he does and i think that's bullshit and i think you need to get out i think you need to find a friend's house i think you need to find family i think that I, I personally, I've had to go through this type of situation. I come out of a bad relationship. I had to move in with my aunt and uncle. I had to move back. I had to live at the fucking studio for a week until I could figure out where I needed to live. I needed to fall back on having roommate. I mean, I, ha- I had a certain way of living um, throughout for many of years that I was on track to living in apartments to a house. And I had to set myself back because of decisions that I made in relationships. And because I did that, I am a happier person. I, th- I think the other, the reason I bring up my, my personal connection with something like this is because the, the, the person who had to make the choice of staying true to herself and losing her partner was, it was almost not even up to her at that point because she would never... She would never leave. She would never stray from being who she is and herself. And her partner eventually did come around and say, you know what? I need to adjust. And everything I did was based out of fear. And there's always going to be a lot of fear and insecurity in a relationship like this. It's, it's, it's never going to go away. So are you comfortable with that? Are you comfortable with this being... Are you sure this is going to be the only time it's going to happen? Are there going to be other times and instances this is going to happen? Is this really a polyamorous relationship or does he want an open relationship? Mm -hmm. Because I think that he is trying to define it and it sounds like neither one of you have any kind of definition or leadership. And I know this sounds messed up, but I think it sounds like one of you needs to be an alpha. Somebody needs to step up and say, we made rules and you're not following the rules. And there's consequences for these rules, which means you're out. Can you and your girlfriend confide in each other? Do you think, does she have a, a does she have a, uh, a bond with you that could stand alone without him? Or is he actually the leader? Because if so, we're not talking about polyamory. We're talking about polygamy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it sounds like he's more polygamous than polyamorous. Uh, sounds I'd, like he might be working on his third wife. Uh, I'd err more on the, the open relationship side. I yeah. would too. Yeah. I'm yeah. simply saying it sounds yeah. like he's sort of defining the rules right yeah. now. So. And I think she. I think the letter writer has that ability to step up. I think so too. Yeah. I think she just needs to. And if you find don't feel like voice. you do, then you don't have a place in the relationship. Then I think you feel like you should have more say and more more weight as far as your opinion goes and how you feel. And if you're not getting that same kind of respect from everybody involved, 
then is it even worth it? Yeah, exactly. You'll in this in this day and age, yeah. believe me when I say from experience, there are others out there. You will find another triad if you want it. You can create your own. Yeah. And and back to on, on that point, back to what Brandon said, him saying you, it, he didn't know if you were ready for this type of relationship. Yeah. It, that might not even be the case. We're not saying you're you're immature no, whatsoever, no, no. and that you aren't ready for this type. It could just be the wrong people. Mm-hmm. It could be absolutely not the right time. It just not. It's not what you're looking for in the relationship. And you know, if two thirds of that relationship works, you're still only a. I mean, that's a tripod. Yeah. The tripod doesn't stand without its third leg. All right. Zip. I say stay strong. Take, you know, comfort in knowing that you have, it sounds like you maybe have somebody on your side in here, but if at any time you don't feel like you do, start looking at an exit strategy. Yeah. And like we said, even if that exit strategy is sleeping on the couch until the lease is over or close to seeing if you could find some Mm -hmm. other arrangement, which, Yeah. yeah. It's it's gonna be rough, but I don't think this you is can worth. do this. Yes. you can do this. Yeah. I don't think we believe in you. You're you worth more this. than that. Yeah, exactly. You're worth you're worth more than that, honey. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the second one. I think we helped that person. I yeah. hope yeah. so. I hope so too. All right, this one's from Brittiani or Brittany. It's uh, yeah, it's either Brittany or it's spelled B R I T I A N Y. Interesting. My name is Brittiani and I'm 27 years old. I've been listening to Rad Radio since as long as I can remember. My dad was a huge fan and there isn't a time I cannot remember listening. I would have I would have written to Dr. Rob, but I feel like Brandon can help me more than being on the regular show. I've been listening to the podcast lately and have only today gotten to the one with producer Nick. I need some help with my drinking problem. That was like, with producer Nick, that was like 10 episodes ago. I don't know. It was a while ago. Time warp. Time did, he, did, he, did he do one or two with you? I think he did two with you. He did two, so this is probably the first one he did. That was a while back. So mm-hmm. she's got a lot to catch up on. Hopefully she do fast we, forwards to this. Do we want to pause episode. for a minute until that alarm starts going off? No, it's okay. okay. This car alarm brought to you by annoying assholes in the parking lot next door. <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> turned off. Yes. That's what I'm talking about, being your own advocate. You need to speak up when you're being disrespected. That was fantastic. Proof positive, people. (laughs) Universe answered. So continuing with Brittany's letter, she says, uh, I need some help with my drinking problem. I drink about a half to almost a full bottle a night of Jameson by taking shots with my fiancé. With, uh, you know, the Rad Store pickle juice, of course. (laughs) Well, I hope so. (laughs) It's the only way to enjoy Jameson, but responsibly, not if you have a problem. We have a four-year-old son together. My fiancé drinks as much as I do, but also drinks three to six Lagunitas a night as well. So he's drinking a lot beers on top of shots. Mm -hmm. I've been wanting to quit drinking for a few months now, especially listening to your journey. Um, I tell myself every day I won't drink, and every night I continue to. My fiancé... My (laughs) fiancé... Did this better. Fiance. I did this better in rehearsal. In your head? Yeah. <laughs> My fiance has no will to basically uh, to quit, and he uses our living situation with my parent that he does not want to stop. So he wants to keep preloading with the parents. I tell him. Easy. I tell him I want to quit, and he tells me I am not as fun or as horny without drinking. That makes me feel like shit. <laughs> that makes me feel yeah, like shit. Right? Yeah. I am currently That drunk. makes me want to drink. Well, she's drinking right now as she writes this. And I'm sure that is obvious. Well, a little bit. But that's okay. 
I honestly, we forgive you. I honestly do. do want to quit, especially for the sake of my son, but I have a hard time not giving in to my fiance. I am stuck and don't know what to do. I tell myself to not give in and have the willpower to say no, but I eventually do and just always regret it. I love my fiance more than anything, but I feel like a shitty parent in person once I start drinking. I ask him to bring, uh, to not bring home Jameson and respect what I feel, but it seems he does not care. Is there anything you can suggest I do? I don't care if he drinks. Sounds like you do. You will. You yeah. will. It sounds like yep. you do already. You will. If you follow our instructions, you will. But it seems he cares that I stop. Please help me with being anything you... Uh, please help me with anything... Wait, hold on a second. Well, she did say she was drunk when yeah. she was writing it. <laughs> I'm trying to put this all together. <laughs> please help me with being a better mother and person in general. I want to stop, but I feel like I am tapped. I just want to be there for my tapped. boy. Oh. She's tired, man. And feel like such a better mother. Like a keg. That hurts. Oh, man. Come on. And better mother and wife when I don't drink. I want this to end, and listening to your story and podcasts makes me want sobriety so much more. Please help me. Okay. Well, Brittany, I want you to know that you're not alone. I've been there before in that situation where you want to stop and you just don't know how to. I guarantee you there is a way, and the will is within you, and I believe in you, and you can do it. And you do believe that you do care about uh, your boyfriend. Is it her boyfriend? Fiance. Fiance. Yeah. You, you care. You, care. You, you wouldn't be writing. You no. care. You care if he drinks. I can't get past that line. I don't care if he drinks, but it seems that he cares that I stop. You know why that is? It's because you have the willpower and the the awareness that you have a problem. He's he, in a relationship with the alcohol, and you're his denial. mistress. Yeah, you're in. De- he's in denial, and you're his enabler. And you're he allowing can't it to happen. Drink alone. He can't face mm-hmm. his own demons. Exactly. Watching himself because do that. He needs someone else yep. to go down the rabbit hole with him exactly and because you're mistaking the addiction with love yes and I don't, I don't mean that in a negative way I, I just don't I think that most people can't see that either like you say that you love him more than anything and I understand that because you are following the, the road of the addiction that he has so that you can be on the same level with him because you're afraid that when you sober up completely and he's not you won't love his, him as much as you do, and you're afraid of that. And I don't blame or you. Or vice versa. Right. He won't vice love versa. you. He doesn't think you're horny. And that's his problem. Horny. He says, what is that? That's just bullshit. Who uh, wants to... I mean, and who really wants to get turned on for some drunk guy that comes home and put uh, freeloads uh, off of... You drink some... Your fucking your parents. Your mother. Your so, parents. Not even his. Okay, so... Your parents. How fucking disrespectful. So clearly... Sorry. We, I, I have think, a thing, clearly. I think we can <laughs> all agree... personal for me. <laughs> I think we can all agree that this man is the catalyst and is the biggest problem because... Yeah. He's the one that's continuing this problem. But... She's um, the one that wants to stop. Can I just say how expensive it is to drink that much? Oh, Right? And, what Jameson's and thirty bucks a bottle ish? Well, twenty bucks. Twenty makes, bucks for the regular bottle, I'm but really, that's twenty really, bucks really a night. I'm really, really curious about something. I'm really for one. curious. Yeah. It's one each. Yeah. I'm really curious about something. How is it that you ended up back at your parents' house? Because you said, did I hear that right? They're they've moved back in with their her parents. Because. I know it may seem like now it's an issue, but I'm wondering if it was an issue previously that was being undisclosed because that led to Yeah, she doesn't mention. She just says that So I'm speculating. Four year old son together, my fiance drinks as much as I do, I've been wanting to quit. 
my fiance has no will to basically, and he uses our living situation with my parents that he does not want to stop. Ah, okay. So we don't know. They they could have been living with them the whole time. This could have been just this could have been happening since the beginning, and he's just using this living situation with the parents to continue his habit, right? Without but the, having to pay the expenses. The important part is the the amount that just her writing style shows that she does care about the fiance. So I and and I I really believe that she believes things can change and she wants them to change. So mm-hmm. just walking out is not an option for her no, right now. She, think, she wants to try and help. She wants I, to try and change it. And yeah. I think the the biggest benefit that she has in her case is that she lives with her parents. She mm-hmm. lives with her family. Yeah. They're not married yet. Mm-hmm. Plan of action. They don't have a, like, as far as I can tell, they don't have a lease with their name on it. They're just living at the parents' house. Have the parents kick the fucking okay. asshole hold on. out. Okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's create a plan of action and it starts with her. Okay? It starts with you not drinking anymore. You don't want to anyway. You're going to go Just through. Don't do it. At this level, you're probably going to go through a, a little bit of withdrawals. Be prepared. You're not going to feel good. You're going to be grumpy. You're going to be really angry. Which I, I understand the benefit of cold turkey, but at the same time, are we sure that's... You gotta, we know. I'm know. not saying cold turkey. No, no, no. I'm right. saying you're going to want to wean yourself off. Yeah, so okay. Start, All right. start yeah. really simple. That's start in a safe. way that he may not yeah. even notice. Just, you, you know, for what whatever... If you guys match each other on shots, just... I don't know. Maybe pour it. a little bit out. Yeah. yeah. And and then realize yeah. how he is at that drunken level when and you... then take a look. That's exactly what you are right. at that level. And it's, it will take that realization. They, uh, it, it, it appears that the letter writer already sees it, but yeah. you'll really see it right in front of your face. So just wean yourself off, you know, a shot less every night. All right. Give yourself a couple of weeks to kind of wean off of that. And the more sober you get, the more he's either going to realize it and step up and go, you know what, I'm going to join you in this or I'm not going to drink as much or he's going to continue to drink and you're going to realize he was never the man you needed in your life or he's not going to be able to support you. Okay. Kick his ass out. Here, here. Here's a scenario. Let's say you get pregnant again and suddenly you have to go to the hospital, but your asshole husband or fiance is too drunk to drive you to the hospital. What do you do? What do you do? You got your parents there, but how much are you really going to That's the problem is that he wants to have parents too. Mm -hmm. He wants to be mothered. And if this behavior doesn't change now, it's never going to change. And honey, you're going to be raising kids your whole fucking life. And one of the hardest problems once you're in that pit is is to realize where you are. Yeah. That is is the first step is admitting that you have a problem. And it may sound underhanded, but I mean, honestly, set up a GoPro. I set up your phone. Record the way that he acts or even the way that you two act together when you're drunk. Show it to him sober or look at it yourself sober. Totally. And and realize. And sometimes it takes looking at yourself on, on camera. To really realize how far down you've gone. Self-reflection. And it, it may seem underhanded. Don't use it as any type of threat or, mm-hmm. you know, any Legal type of blackmail. It's not an ultimatum. Don't use it. It's That's not like that. Use it as help. Yeah. Use it like, to show him this is who you are and it's not the man I fell in love with. Put up a mirror. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. I think it's a good idea. And I don't writer, think all hope is lost. I hope that I hope that you find maybe some support in your family. Especially since you're living yeah, there. Yeah, maybe what and, you need to do most... is pull your pam- family aside and say, hey, 
I really need to get a hold on this drinking. I don't like it who, who I am. I don't like who I'm becoming. I don't, I don't want to raise my child in this environment. I come from an alcoholic father. And believe me, it has messed with me my whole life. Yes, I love my father. Yeah, he was a good man to the source. But man, it messed me up as a kid. It really messed me up as a kid. So, and whatever you're going through, whatever you're doing, your kid is seeing this. And the, that's and the most it's important affecting part. affecting them. That's the most important part. And I think that you can agree, being a, a child yeah. from an alcoholic parent, that you would rather see her pay, uh, give, give, give everything to the kid, especially her sobriety. Fuck the fiance. It's about the kid the at this point. Exactly. That's you need to be. You need to be sober for the I'm kid. At. What if your kid chokes on a like a popcorn kernel? And or you're something? both drunk. And what you're you both do? drunk. What do you do? You're, you're gonna, gonna call rely the on your ambulance. Parents? Great. You're gonna rely on your parents. You like know, your parents are, are your parents always gonna be sober? I gotta. I, I, I and let do me. Do you want to live with your parents for the rest right. of your life? Exactly. Right. Exactly. I'm, I'm gonna drop this little little nugget of fear in your ear. Brandon and I went for a day trip to the beach, and as we drove through like Napa County area, there was a fire on the side of the road and we were like, oh my God, it's just started. I mean, we don't need another Napa fire. It was right there where it would have just destroyed everything. So we called 911. You know what happened? What? Nothing. We couldn't get through to 911 ever, ever. We kept calling. So just because they're there doesn't mean they're actually there. You can only rely on yourself. And if you can't rely on yourself, no one can rely on you. Self-advocacy, again, that's a theme. That's a big theme today. Yeah. Well, Brittany, I hope that we helped you. And I hope that by the time you hear this, um, once you get past all the other episodes, (laughs) (laughs) uh, hopefully it's not too late. But I hope that this helps. At least, hope this helps somebody that might be going through a similar situation. Yeah. All right, so we have our next letter. Now, this one wishes to remain anonymous, if you could be so kind. Yes, I believe we're in a kind mood today. (laughs) So I found it in myself to email you, hoping for a little advice, as I don't have anyone else to ask. I've recently come out as a bisexual to both my parents and most of my closest friends. Overall, I got a positive response, and even a couple of people I expected to hate me for it don't really seem to care, which is nice. However, I've been seeing this guy lately, and I'm really worried that, uh, or about telling my family and friends about him. So can and we assume that the letter writer might be male? Yes, we're, we're, okay. we're going to assume that the letter writer is male. Sounds to fit, right? Yeah, okay. because that's the only other reason why yeah, he right? might be worried about seeing a guy. <coughs> uh, and I'm especially worried about introducing <laughs> him in person. I still, uh, all in caps, feel embarrassed even though everyone has shown their support. I'm worried that they would think of me as actually being affectionate with another man. How they would think of me, sorry. I've only recently come out and I'm only 20 years old. Hmm. Dated girls and been with ve- been very open with everyone, but I always keep my boyfriend a secret. Part of me still feels ashamed to be with a man and the other part of me wants to uh, the other part of me wants and needs to be honest. I'm afraid once I introduce him to my buddies, they would might not want to be around me if it means that he's going to be with me. Any help would be great. Long time maggot. Love your show. Yes, Don, your show. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, I hear all I hear is fear, and I hear him wanting to make light of it though too. Uh, right. I also hear. Um, I hear that you're a little bit aware that you're only 20. You're only 20. 
you hadn't even entered the drinking world yet, like the bar scene. Oh. There's so much more life to live, and so much more you're gonna Especially learn. Especially now yourself. that you're bisexual, Societally, so much too. more life oh my to God. live. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I just think that um, you've also placed a lot of um, expectations. People have, or you assume that people have placed a lot of expectations on you to be a certain way, which I think maybe you have done and internalized because you've always had this in the back of your head and so you've tried to kind of find a place to fit in. Does that make sense? So- I could see that. Like they've lived a certain way because maybe inside they always felt like they were, well, okay, so this is what I'm supposed to do and I do feel this, but I also feel this. But, but honestly, the hardest part is over. The right. hardest part, you exactly. came out to your parents, you came out to your friends, they accepted you and you said in your own letter uh expected people a couple of people to hate me for it and really don't seem to care which is nice because you've they never had the that and they never had the expectation set on you that you assumed they did you they they just which means you have good friends exactly because they just accepted you for who you are they don't care about your sexual orientation and who you want to cuddle with and whisper which so I, nothing's to I read this letter ahead of time and, mm -hmm. and it was screaming in the back of my head the entire time whose fucking business is it it's nobody's it's nobody's right? and if they don't yeah. appreciate it if you want to go out and flaunt it flaunt it if you want to keep it just between you and your boyfriend that's entirely your decision or whomever you choose to have a romantic yeah, in, boyfriend, girlfriend, relationship with. Yeah, anything. It, it it is only up to you. Yeah. And I I know it goes back to the whole aspect of not caring what other people should think, and I know that's kind of BS because we well, all do. I think that we could. I think we could shed light on that whole um, uh, not caring what people think as much as it is. Assume everybody is worried about the same things you're worried about. You people worry. Oh my God! Like, did I piss you off? Did I do this? Did I? How narcissistic! Like, how self-centered of you to assume that everybody around you is upset with you? Like, what? They're probably going through something themselves. Do you know what I mean? They're probably passing a kidney stone in the bathroom. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, and I think that I think everybody's touched on it. The friends are already accepting, and the parents are already yeah. accepting. But I also understand the fear of the social situations of bringing somebody around that's not conventional like it's more natural for you because you've had more experience with it in your past of bringing a female around as a as a your partner yeah that brings so up you're not necessarily comfortable with the idea of bringing a guy around because you don't necessarily necessarily know how to act in and you, those you don't want to make people uncomfortable right. either and i totally understand that right. and that, that Which is because it's hard it, there's there's no norm when it comes to that specific situation. Right. The norm is to be a heterosexual couple, and when you go to family said gatherings, this is my girlfriend, and that's normal. This type of situation, it's a little bit different. And I think that if you really wanna bring this person around because you're so proud of that person, then I think that having that pride and having that comfort in that person will help you overcome that fear when you finally do overcome that first hurdle. Dude, your friends are gonna be like, I don't care because my friend's happy and in love. Yeah, he looks happy. Do you happy. know what I mean? Yeah, and if that's what all, if that's all it is, if you want to bring that person around and share this person with your friends and family, and it's that important to you, then you got to make that leap. And if they don't accept you for that, they you don't they're not worth your time. I'm not. I'm not like. I don't. I could easily say I don't have the same friends I had when I was twenty. Oh God, but no. I do. no way. No. 
right? No, and friends it, come and go. Friends come and go. Family comes and change, go. But I do have a lot of the same family that accepted me for me. Yeah. Remember that. Like, I know, I know that uh, <clears throat> I don't have as much family and obviously I'm not, I'm not a motherly figure. I don't want children. I don't want that kind of thing, but I can't stress enough how important family is. And the friends that I have, that I had back when I was still learning who I am, which you are, so much is going to change between now and like 27. Tomorrow, tomorrow. And next tomorrow. year. Oh, and yeah. Next yeah. year. Oh my God. And like being 20. Oh, it's so different. Like everything changes and like the, your, your twenties are spent being selfish. You yeah, should. You gotta like, make mistakes in your twenties. Oh yeah. That's what it's for. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You've got to be embarrassed at some point. Somebody's got to put you in your place. Get fired. You know, have a breakup. Go through all of some shitty things. Learn from it. And then you hit 30 and you're going to be like, all right. <laughs> I think I got this. I got most of it figured out. I'm going to take the training out. wheels off. <laughs> I've got this. I'm still wibbly wobbly, but. But you get it. A little timey wimey. You have a lot of time to figure yourself out. You have a lot of time <laughs> to figure out how you define your relationships, your personal ones, your, your intimate ones, your romantic ones, your sexual ones. Now, letter writer, we don't want to discredit what you're going through because even no. though we've said that the hardest bump has gone through, I can understand this being the first time there is a big difference between telling your family and showing your family yeah, that you're bisexual. Sure. So I, sure. I understand what you're going through. This mm -hmm. has got to be so stressful for you. But yeah. honestly, take it at your own pace. Dip your pinky toe in. See how it feels just, just like I'm tip. sure just when you figured out that you were bisexual. I'm sure you didn't go headlong into an orgy. I, although if you well, did, more power to yeah. you. I mean, if you have a dick, I'd hope we go headlong in. <laughs> <laughs> Could have gone tail long in. We don't know his orientation That's in true. the bisexual Can't assume. No assume. Assume. <laughs> <laughs> but we we understand that that trial, but it sounds like your parents are okay with it. Maybe it's just the next try it step. Out. Yeah, it, it's it just is. the next step. I know it's, it's, scary it's for super, everybody. super scary. And I get it. I'm we're not downplaying that at all. It's just the next step because what you're what I'm hearing is you're afraid of the the it's not you're afraid of the people that you're afraid of offending because those are the obvious ones. That's you just know that's going to happen. It's the ones that yes you've told and they've sold you verbally. Okay, like no big deal. You're hoping you're right. they're not lying. What you said is is true. Showing is an entirely different thing, and it's probably the bigger leap from coming. Like there's there's coming there's admitting to yourself, mm -hmm. I am who I am, and this is what I am, and Damn it. I am Janet, what I am. I love I am you. <laughs> and then admitting it to everybody around you, which is kind of like putting your, like, I am this, and it's okay. And then the big jump comes, and that's actually proving it to everybody. Living the which life. You don't have to prove anything to anyone. If you want this, take it. It's yours. You don't have to prove anything. You don't have to hide anything. You don't have to be anything for anybody else. And if they have a problem with it, it's totally on them. Mm -hmm. Yet again, be your own advocate. Exactly. We don't plan these things, by the way. Like, <laughs> no, this was pretty cool. That just happened on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's a better note than ever to end it on. So thank you, Nathan, for sharing your story and helping us out with these Dr. Pride letters. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Mrs. Brandon, for helping out as always anytime you're wonderful mm, thanks. namaste bitches <laughs> the rad
Podcast.